0: The Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the office, the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad to be gathered with you today around God's Word and a joy it's going to be to us today. This is going to be part three of a series that I'm doing concerning the secret and the fear of the Lord. And you want to get your Bibles and you want to follow along today. It's going to be a very important uh, subject today. The fear of the Lord in itself is one of the greatest topics in the Bible because if you'll do a search on that phrase, the fear of the Lord, you'll find it to be where everything is going to be found. And today, you're going to find it to be where the holiness of our lord is perfected in us and it's going to be a great broadcast today don't forget everything we do here at crossway church is uploaded to the youtube channel which is curtis hutchinson316 and you can also on our website find these uh worship services the messages on wednesdays and sundays and also the Monday and Friday broadcast of Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I encourage you to go there and to avail yourself to the truth of God's Word that is being ministered to all who have ears to hear, all those who have spirit-taught hearts, and. Uh, Again, uh, we had a great time yesterday in our uh, Thanksgiving slash Christmas celebration here at Crossway Church, our great yearly luncheon at this time of the year, anyway, that we have. And it was wonderful to have uh, my son, Andrew, ministering the word of the Lord with me. And uh, we were surely blessed. Uh, So today we're gonna see part three of The Secret and the Fear of the Lord. So grab your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter seven and verse one. This is where we'll be today. And remember, if if you've not seen the first two sessions of this series that we're doing, you need to go back and listen to them and you'll find uh, some very encouraging, enlightening, edifying and uh, instructional words that come straight out of the word of God for the children of God. One of the main things that we've discussed up until this point is what we discussed really in the first segment, and it will always have to follow us and be with us through this entire teaching, and that's Psalms 25 and 14. If you've not read it, please make a note. And the Bible there says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he shows them his covenant. Are you aware of that scripture in the Bible? If if God's not showing us his covenant, it's because our hearts are not experiencing the fear of the Lord, the proper value of of the Lord, the proper reverence toward the Lord. We might say we believe, we believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but we're gonna see something today. The fear of the Lord is the state of the heart of man before the Lord that allows God in the heart of man to move man in his direction to carry out and to experience the will of the lord the fear of the lord the value that we place on god so let me quote that bible verse again to you it's a very important bible verse that will help you understand why these ministers claim they know the message but they don't preach it uh why they allow other ministers to come in and that won't preach it and uh, it, it's it's because there's a la- there's a lack of the fear of the lord there. Mm. So Amen. So it, I don't know if we're still recording or not. Everything seems to be flashing here, but we'll go on and keep trying. And uh, so let me say that again in case we blinked off there. The reason that you don't hear the focus of the preaching of the cross, which is the new covenant. And it's only found in the blood of Jesus. Jesus said that. The, the reason that we don't hear that and the determination to know nothing other is because God's not showing these men that. And the reason God's not showing them that is because their hearts do not fear the Lord. They may say they do. They may even have feelings and emotions such as they do. But when the heart of man is experiencing the fear of the Lord, the proper scriptural r- reverence for the Lord, the fear of the Lord, he is showing them his covenant. And the secret of that covenant is with them. And it's working in them and through them and it, it, will, it will never fail. The new covenant is, a, is an everlasting covenant of love that cannot fail. And this is why you, and let me say it again, this Psalms 2514 can help you see what you need to be looking at, who you need to be listening to. Because the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he's showing them, making known to them his covenant. Let me say this. To whoever God is making known his covenant, which is the greatest thing to him among all humanity, they're going to be declaring that. They're not going to be just talking about it. Everyone. They're going to be growing in a greater and greater determination not to know anything other than Christ and him crucified, the very avenue through which comes all things. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to see a great a truth today that's taking place only in the lives only in the hearts of those who are functioning in this sphere of the Lord this proper value of God which can only happen when we're looking toward Jesus and what he accomplished for us at Calvary let's read this together today second corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 having therefore these promises Dearly beloved, let us, now this is Christians, this this is not lost people. A lot of times the church gets confused about that. This is a letter written by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to the already saved, already Spirit-filled church in Corinth. Okay, you've got to understand that and keep that in the forefront of your mind. So what we're going to read today, even as we back up in a minute and see something, you've got to always remember these letters are written to saved, Spirit-filled Christians. Remember that. You're going to need to know that. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the the fear of God. That little two-letter marvelous word, in, I-N, that N word, lets us know that there is a place that this has to take place or it will not take place. So let's read this verse again before we begin to dissect it and let the Holy Spirit put in our hearts what needs to be there today. Watch this now. Having therefore these promises, and we'll go back and look at what these promises are. Dearly beloved, you and me, hallelujah, let us cleanse ourselves From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness is only going to take place as we follow after holiness. And we only can follow after holiness in the fear of God. In that reverential place, that that place that we value the Lord properly, and that word actually means alarm or fright, and it has that sense to it. No matter what the hirelings come to the pulpit and teach today, there is in this phrase the fear of the Lord is a fright there, not really being frightful of God, but frightful of what will happen to us if we don't obey God. If we don't value him properly and that our value, our proper value finds us experiencing the will of God, which is to express Christ more and more and more. So let's look at this now. This first phrase in this first verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, having therefore these promises. So we have to go back now and see what these promises are that we have. The Bible says we have these promises. We have to go back and see what they are. So because it's because we have these promises that we should be found cleansing ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit because only in this place is Holiness going to be perfected. That means matured. That means experiencing it's the perfect work of Christ, really, what He did for us at Calvary because he is our holiness and, and holiness here is our sanctification, our being set apart. So we'll look at it as we get there. but perfecting holiness in the fear of God is being more and more and more set apart. From this world, which we are crucified to, and into us, Galatians six fourteen, by the day, moment by moment, Amen. So let's look first of all this morning at these promises. You have to go back to chapter six, and uh, we're not gonna we're we're going to go immediately to what the promises are, and we're we're going to find that we're not gonna we'll back up a little bit further here in a minute. Because the requirements to experience the promises, we'll read them too. But here, what are the promises mentioned in 2 Corinthians seven one? And it's in verse 17, the last four words. I will receive you. In verse 18, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Amen. So. He, again, he, he's talking to the church in Corinth here. Already saved, already spirit filled. I know we might like to use this toward the lost, but this letter wasn't written to the lost. This letter was written to a saved, spirit filled church in Corinth. So let's back up to verse 14 because if we're going, the, 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 these promises are uh dependent upon what's written right before them let's read what's written right before them starting in verse 14. be you you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers see who's it to believers we're being told don't unequally yoke yourself with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion has light with darkness. Now, this also goes as far as to say, I believe that when he starts talking about the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, we're going to have to be able to recognize, my friend, who those who work for Satan, who transform themselves as ministers of righteousness, but they not not ministering God's righteousness because they're not preaching the cross. You understand? That's the only place God's righteousness comes from initially to declare us righteous in Christ. He is our righteousness. He was made unto us righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 tells us that. But there are those who just preach the word of God throughout, but they're not preaching righteousness, which is the message of the cross. It's the only avenue for righteousness to come. And understand this. When we were studying first and second peter especially when we got to second peter chapter one verse one we learned that faith the faith we've obtained and the its only avenue is the righteousness of god and our savior the lord jesus christ if you're listening to me and you've never read that you need to write that down make a note of that today in this class and go look at it after class the only avenue for faith is righteousness, the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are one in two things. Our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, provided righteousness for us in himself through his work on the cross when he died for us. He that knew no sin became our sin-bearing offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, Second Corinthians 5 and 21. You need to understand that. That's why a lot of Christians just throw the tally and faith don't work for me. That faith stuff don't work. It's because the object of our faith can never be moved from the cross of Christ because that's the only avenue through which faith can come from hearing the word, the word of righteousness, the word of the cross, hallelujah. So be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So we see there the confirmation that he is talking to believers, telling us not to be unequally yoked together. It's an unequal thing when a saved person uh, gets hooked up in any way with a lost person. Married, uh, some message that's not the message of the cross for salvation, Any, any trying to... To, to yoke up with someone, become one with, who's lost for a Christian is going to cause the greatest heartache of all because it won't work out. I hear of these people that are married and one's a, a Catholic person and the other one's a, a, a Baptist or one's a, a, a Mormon and one's a, a, a Lutheran. All, the, all these, I hear this all the time. These people have no marriage, my friend. They have no marriage that can produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They they have no marriage according to scriptures. Because when the Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, and that's what everybody is that doesn't have their faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. Even when the Christian has moved the object of his faith from being Christ crucified to other things now he's functioning in unbelief. Oh my goodness, think about that. Even though we got saved, we can function in unbelief if we're trusting in faith being in anything other than the cross of Christ. And let me throw this in this morning for the sake of those who may be new listening to us. Your faith is never allowed to be in anything other than in Christ and him Crucified. Your faith is never to be in healing or in restoration or in any... Those things are what we believe God for. Our faith has to be in what it was in that allowed the Holy Spirit to immerse us into Christ Jesus. And Colossians 2, 6 tells us, As we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore... So walk ye in him. We walk in Christ just the same way we received Christ, which was literally by believing into him. When we believe that he died on the cross for our sins, Romans 6 and 3 tells us we were immersed into his death. Amen. And we are to walk step by step, moment by moment with our faith In his sacrifice for us that's how our faith is in Christ or it's not in Christ at all and most Christians don't know that and that's why they just can't get past the this or that hurdle they they can't ever break out of the the things that seem to hold them and they just then they start making excuses for them and then they either wash away and are never heard of again or they become very bitter and religious in, in, in their, in their way of just religious practices. But if you'll learn the way of the cross, then you'll be learning Christ. Amen. So let's read this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion has light with darkness. It's, it's, it's questions that the answer is in the question, there is no fellowship between light and darkness. There is no fellowship between righteous and unrighteous. That's why there can be no fellowship even among people who claim to be Christians when these folks are preaching the cross, the only avenue of God's righteousness, and these folks are preaching the this that and the other for righteousness there can't be any fellowship and they wonder why there is no fellowship and they and really the ones who are not preaching the word of god in its righteous context being the cross of christ and growing in a place of being more determined to know nothing else they're the ones always throughout the ages who are hurtling Uh, accusations at those who are learning to be determined, who are learning not to be a part of a fellowship where things come in and try to hinder from the focus of the cross of Christ, try to distract us, try to make us believe that there's other things we need to be focused on. You won't hear that coming out of God's mouth. Hallelujah. The cross of Christ is the most beautiful, wonderful, magnificent Uh, picture that God has ever seen with his eyes among men. That's why we're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus, not the resurrection of Christ. We're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus. And those who don't agree with that, how can there be fellowship with that? Because they're going to be pointing us to other things instead of what the Holy Spirit is pointing us to, which my Bible says is always the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4.11. Hallelujah. So watch this now, verse 15. And what concord, the word there meaning accord, has Christ with Belial? None. Or what part has he that believes with an infidel. That means an unbeliever. He's just he's making his point for sure, so that we who have spirit-taught hearts will see this and receive this, and make it personal to us by believing it in the heart. That there is no fellowship, there is no communion outside of faith in the blood. Not people say we believe in the blood, and then they 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 won't fellowship, and they won't be found be found in communion with those whose fellowship is in the blood, does not our Bibles tell us that our communion, our fellowship is in the blood? Not because we say it is, but because it is. And therefore, God is raising up men, women, boys, and girls all over the, the nations, plural today, here a spot, there a spot, raising up these places where people are learning how to live for God, how the Holy Spirit works, what the true focus of the, the, the written word of God is, which is the living word and the focus of why he became the living word. Hallelujah. To be tried and put to death and to endure and be resurrected on the third day to show us that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So verse 16, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. These are the promises, these are the promises. Watch this, these are the the promise of of what God has said uh, for those who will believe upon him, those that will come out watch we're going to see it watch now, verse seventeen. Wherefore, because I've promised this, I'll be your God I'll look at what he says again, verse sixteen. You're the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, wherefore, for that reason, come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Now, we just had mentioned to us the unclean thing. We had me- we just had mentioned, I hope you recognize that, that we just had mentioned, we just have been told what the unclean thing is. It's fellowship outside of communion in righteousness. It's, it's anything that we're trying to yoke up with outside of faith in the righteousness of God, which is only found through the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I hope you're seeing that. Yes, <clears throat> Jesus was a friend to sinners because he was come to save them. If you got friends you're hanging around that are sinners sinning while they're around you and you're in all that, around all that, and you're not delivering the gospel to them, you're around them for the wrong reason you're around them because your flesh is just lusting to be around that. Have you ever, I won't even use other people, have you ever in your Christian life enjoyed being around lost people so you could just kind of let your feathers, uh, whatever we call it, I forget what the term is, but so you just kind of get loose a little bit and won't have to, you know. Well, you know, once we started hearing the message of the cross, that should have stopped, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> that should have stopped. You know, we, you know, a lot of Christians like working, going to work around lost people, but so they, you know, ain't, ain't nobody there going to hold them accountable for what they claim they believe while they're at church with church folk. Come on now, somebody. I'm just being real this morning. Everybody all right? Hey, y'all know what I'm talking about. Listen, let me say it again before we move on. If, if we enjoy being around lost people, doing what lost people do, and we're not delivering the gospel to them, and they're just happy about us being around them while they're doing what they're doing, and they're not convicted about it, my friend, we, we're not, we're not where we're supposed to be, and we're not who we're supposed to be, and we're playing with the fire there, and we're gonna get burned as Christians. Because when God tells us there's no communion and no fellowship between the righteous and the unrighteous, the lost and the saved, and we're trying to fellowship there, we're going to learn something the hard way that we, we didn't really have to go through and learn. And, and listen, God here is telling us come out from among the. It, it, he's telling us to quit touching the unclean thing. Quit touching the unclean thing. And listen, child of God, the unclean thing is when the Word of God's being preached and it ain't pointing you to Calvary. How can it produce that which is clean in the eyes of God? The only cleansing agent in the eyes of God is the blood of Jesus. And oh, how we need that cleansing agent every moment. Every moment. I said every moment. If we walk in the light as he is in the light... We'll have fellowship one with another, and what does it say will be happening there in First John chapter one verse seven? And the blood will be cleansing us, cleansing us of what? All that that light that we're walking in, that He's in, the light of who He is and what He did at Calvary is shining on and revealing to us. I still need to be cleansed because I'm. St- I'm, I'm not talking about justified all over again. I've been justified, and I've been given a position in Christ. I'm seated with Him in heavenly places, but I need to find myself in union with Him through faith in that death and proper fellowship with Him and being cleansed daily. Watch this now. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate from them, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, you say, well, I've already been received of God. He's already welcomed me into the beloved. So what we have to do here is we have to dig a little deeper on this word receive you because he's talking to Christians here. What does it mean for a saved person to be being told by God if you separate yourself from this unclean stuff which is the world in all its worldly sinful ways, then I will receive you. What does the word receive mean? And it means I'm looking at it from it's not the Webster's dictionary. I'm looking at it from it's it's uh, man that word's this long, ice uh, decomee, and I can't say nothing right because I'm from northeast Texas. But it's a verb. Get that? It's a verb. It's an action word. God will receive us. What does it mean? It means He will take into one's favor. This means that we will experience the favor of God. experience, not just have a declaration that I'm in Christ and I'm seated in heavenly places, and that's a done deal for the child of God. What's not a done deal is the experience in our condition here. And see, see what he's building up to. This wasn't written in chapter and verses. You see what this is leading up to. Therefore, let us cleanse ourselves. That's where we're headed. That's where we're at. So watch this now. This word receive that God says, if you will come out from among them and quit touching the unclean thing, I will receive you. He, it means I will take you into my favor. This is talk, This is a verb again. This is an action word. This is an experience that the child of God will not have to forfeit if he will begin to look at Calvary, the Christ of Calvary, and not stop looking at the value of Christ in what he did at Calvary. Because that's where the Holy Spirit's delivering you unto always, child of God. And if we don't know that, then we're going to think God's delivering us unto this, and he's delivering us unto that. And he's not delivering us unto anything except the death of Jesus. Because there is where we first believed, and He immersed us into that death, and there's where He presents us, delivers us to always for Jesus' sake, so that we might be able to express Christ. You can't do that while you're touching the unclean thing. Again, I know what it's like. I remember the days when I I just kept hanging around lost people trying to, you know, and and I was convicted and I knew I shouldn't have been there. But but really, you know how many Christians are out there that, that just want to keep, Going like they want their lost friends to think, well, we're we're really not that much different when God says this is the difference between light and day, between you as a saved person and your old lost friends. There's nothing there that you have spiritually according to God's word and God's will that you can be in union about, that you can be in agreement about. What what agreement is there? Absolutely none. What communion? What fellowship is there? Absolutely none in God's eyes. It's a waste of time when we're around lost people and we're not delivering the gospel. Now, I know that you have to go to school with lost people and you have to work with lost people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in your free time, in your leisure time, when you're going to these places and you're with these lost people and it's and it's not for the sake of delivering them the gospel. You better be careful with that, my friend, because that's your flesh lusting after a way out, your flesh does not like the cross. Your flesh does not like the cross. Your flesh loves to glory in self and to to glory in the ways of the world that makes the flesh feel good. So you got to be very careful, my friend. Pe- people don't understand their marriages fall apart because they don't understand this very truth right here. I'm talking about Christians. Their marriages fall apart. They, they, they don't end up training their children in the way they should go because they don't separate themselves from that which they've been crucified to being the world and it, the world, unto them, Galatians 6 and 14. We, we, we as Christians... Some sometimes we we try to hang on to these worldly friendships these worldly relationships for other purposes than to minister the gospel to them and that is the avenue of our fleshly lust just trying to keep us Too long in a place we shouldn't be at all. And you need to hear that. Somebody needed to hear that today. So when God says, if you'll quit touching the unclean thing, then you'll find me... Receiving you with favor. You'll find me, this is a verb. I can't say that enough. This is an action word. That means God is going to be doing something in your life now that He could not do because while you were touching the unclean thing, while you did not have your focus and your faith and your heart given over to the way of the cross, what Jesus did for you at Calvary, who He became to you at Calvary, who you became to him at Calvary, while you weren't there with your faith there, then you, you, you weren't going to experience what? What is God's favor that's in action? Well, it's right here before us. Back up and you'll see in verse 16, you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in in them. Listen, God walking in us is experienced when we're walking with him in agreement with him. What is it? Amos chapter 4 verse 4 I believe possibly that says what agreement or can there can two walk together lest they be agreed. Absolutely not. We're talking spiritually. You can walk down the road out there with anybody. You can walk down the road out there with the devil but you can't walk spiritually with anybody that you're not in agreement. That's why I'm Many people, I, somebody, I think it was Pastor Colton told me yesterday before church. He said the reason these other folks around here are not in fellowship with you, not linked arms with you is because they're not preaching this message. They're not preaching this message. If they were preaching this message, they'd be linked arms with people who are. And that's just a biblical truth. There's a communion there when there's a determination among God's people not to know anything else but that's the problem of all these denominations there is something else there and it's unclean and these all these other these other things and all these other ways and all these other focuses those are listen when anything is the focus other than the cross of Christ even if it's something in the Bible if it's listen if it's not the cross of Christ We don't have vision for what we think we're even looking at in the Word of God. You have to remember, we were blind before God gave us eyes to see, and He only gave us eyes to see when we were born again through faith in the death of Jesus. You do remember, right? Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again. That means faith in Christ and his death on Calvary's cross. And Peter writes that if we forget we were purged from our old sins, we'll go blind again. And much of the church, almost all of it actually, is blind today, preaching and focused on everything but the Lamb. They'll throw that word in every once in a while. They'll sit around and talk about the cross nonchalantly, but they're not not preaching the sacrifice of Christ from Genesis to Revelation. And you're right, my friend, everything in the Bible does need to be preached and taught in the light of the cross, or it will have no light. In the light of the cross, or it will have no impartable light to our hearts and souls. It, it won't do it. And, and we only receive light when light enters. That's what the psalmist said. God's light becomes light upon entrance into our heart. And the only way that God's word can enter into our heart is when it's dipped in the blood of Jesus. Listen, I don't care what these hirelings say today. The only impartable word by the Holy Spirit is the word that's being received by faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Because if that's not the avenue through which we're receiving And hearing the Word, then the Word is just going to be the law of the letter and we're going to be working to try to fulfill it instead of it having been heard in its righteous context being the spirit of the Word and now we're experiencing the perfect and finished work of Christ and that's what we're walking with our Lord in. So let's look at this again. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. What happens when he receives us is that we experience him dwelling in us. It's more than words now. It's not just a Bible verse we quote. God's dwelling in me. That means he's continuing in me the work he began in me when I was born again and he will walk in them. That means he will direct us, he will guide us, he will take us to the places and through the places that we need to go. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. These are the promises, and I know this is taking a while, but we needed to cover this today before we get to the uh, verse 1 in Second Corinthians chapter 7. You have to therefore go back and... See what therefore is, or you won't ever understand what you're reading. You, you open the Bible and just start reading a place such as 2 Corinthians <coughs> uh, ch- mm-hmm. chapter 7, verse 1, and seeing that word therefore, and you don't go back and see therefore what? You're not ever going to hear what you need to be hearing, how you need to be hearing without it. So we had to go back and cover this today. And I don't want to get in a hurry here because this is this is of, of utmost importance for the child of God. And you do need to be learning the truth of the Scriptures. All this new age, uh, milked down, watered down. I don't need the I don't need the Bible. I don't even take my Bible to church. I you know I I don't I don't I don't need all. I just love Jesus, my friend. If you're not learning the truth of the Word. There's a big chance in this day we're living in that you might just be loving the wrong Jesus. Because the right Jesus has told us to study the word. The right Jesus has told us that our faith has to be in his sacrifice before his spirit can work within us. That's what the Jesus of the Bible has told us, my friend. And that that, that that's a big thing in this in this this deceptive age that we're living in that's more deceptive and seducing now than ever before you got to be careful going around and saying i don't need the word i don't need theology i don't need doctrine i just need jesus and to love jesus my friend let me say it again there is a massive chance if that's you that you probably not even believing in the right jesus Let me tell you something. The folks who are believing in the right Jesus want to hear about what made him the right Jesus to them. Glory be to God. Let me say that again. Those who are trusting in the right Jesus, the Bible Jesus, are those who want to hear more about what he did to become the right Jesus to them. And that was what he did on the cross. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's read this again through verse 16 through 18, and then we'll move slowly on to the next page where we're trying to get to. And uh, so verse 16 here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and what agreement has the temple of God, that's you with idols, and that's anything that's distracting from the cross of Christ, anything pointing you away from the cross of Christ, anything that's being dangled out here to make you look away from where the Holy Spirit's always delivering you, 2 Corinthians 4.11, is something that wants to be an idol in your life, something that's trying to get you and I to move our faith to it Instead of what God gave us, this measure of faith because of what our heart first yielded to, which was the death of Jesus. That measure of faith he gave you, it won't work in any other thing. That's why Christians throw in the towel. Well, this preacher said this. This preacher pointed to that. This preacher said, if I do this, God would. Let me tell you something. When you find you a preacher that's quoting the word of God, pointing you to the living Word of God, and what He did as the Lamb of God, then my friend, you're going to find the place where your faith works. That's why the Holy Spirit always delivers us unto death, because it's the only place that measure of faith God gave you will work, hallelujah, Oh, my goodness, what a truth that is. What a truth that is. You try you try to use that faith in something else, you're going to get disgusted. You're going to get irritated. You're going to be agitated. And you're going to find yourself doing something you didn't really know you're doing, which is frustrating denying the grace of God. The grace of God is being denied by All who are trusting in anything other than the sacrifice of Christ. You see, there's where Jesus tasted death by the grace of God. And it's only avenue to us for any and all things that God is going to be found walking in us and doing through us is the death of Jesus. It comes from there alone. And you need to know these things. You need to find these truths in the Bible and move away from the focus of prophecy, the focus of uh, uh, eschatology. Those things are good to know. But if you're learning any of that and not looking through the lens of Calvary, I'm not talking about the word cross. I'm talking about seeing through the sacrifice of Christ then those things will become idols to us even though they're in the Bible. Those things will become things that distract us from what the Holy Spirit is telling us our focus has to be, which is the cross of Christ. He's always delivering us unto that place. For Christ's sake, Because only as we're beholding that glorious image are we being changed into that image. And my friend, that is the experience of our God walking in us and being our God. And us being his people with the reflection of the light that shines on the face of Jesus through the glorious gospel. Hallelujah. So he says in verse, I will dwell in them, verse 16, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out, you Christians, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not, quit touching the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. I'll show my favor in an action way. You'll find me. God is saying you will find this promise coming to life as I will be found by you walking in you. If I can, God say, if I can find you not touching the unclean thing, you'll find me walking in you and being your God and you... Being my people, not just churchgoers, not just pew sitters, but you'll find me walking in you. You'll find me being your God and you being in experience, this place of favor, my people. Do you see this? This is not just words we can say, okay, great, that makes me feel good to read it. No, this is what God wants His people to experience. That few are today because they don't know their focus has to be the sacrifice of Christ. Amen. He says, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Verse 1 of the next chapter says, having therefore these promises, do you have them? No, 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 I didn't say, did you read this? Do you know... That these promises are yours. You have been given them by God. Now that does not mean that you're going to be experiencing them. If that were the automatic situation, we wouldn't have needed to be told these things. But the need is there. And if you're honest, you'll know it's true. We needed to be told these things. We needed to hear these things. And we are required to believe it. With action. When we're believing the promises of God, there is an action because it's all verb, it's all action, it's not just word. The kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. Because the preaching of the cross is the power of God, it's the power of God offered, and it's the power of God in action. Because when we believe, in Christ and what he did at Calvary, whether it's the first time or the 40th year that we've been believing, it's the power of God that we're walking in being the power of Christ and what he did at Calvary. He finished the work. So you can't go do some work that he hasn't already finished. That's why we're told in 2 Corinthians 4 and 12 that death is working in us If we accept where the Holy Spirit is delivering us unto always, which is the death of Jesus, death is working in us. But life in others, if we've accepted this truth and our focus is the sacrifice of Christ, and that's where moment by moment we realize we're being delivered to for Christ's sake, so that the life of Christ can be unto others through us. Because if that's not the experience, if that's not the action, if that's not happening in that manner, then all that we think is happening, that's of God. If it's not the expression of Christ, why we call it God? If it's not the expression of Christ through us, how could we call it God? It takes Christ. We can't do anything without Christ. We were told that by Jesus in John 15. Were we not? You can do nothing, no thing. You can't love God without Jesus. This truth of God walking in us And being our God and us being his people, that can't be experienced without Jesus. And that means not just saying the name Jesus, that means our faith in Jesus, meaning in his death. Again, the church hasn't heard these things. And listen, the church is not hearing these things. And 99% of the church started hearing these things, probably would say, I don't want to hear that anymore. Because most of the church, and I've been there, I'm not condemning anybody, I've been there. We just want to hear what God can do to fix all my outward situations. When God is looking upon the heart, and God deals with the heart, and the church needs to come off all this focus of these material things. God is a blessing God but the church is all focused on material blessings, all focused on outward stuff when God's focused on the inward stuff. Our God is is pleased when truth is found in the inward parts of man, in the heart of man. We need to know these things. So we had to hear that Because of what's mentioned here in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, having therefore these promises. My friend, do you know as a child of God that you can experience God walking in you? Walking in you and you being, Him being your God. The experience of God is Him walking in you. And you being His child, you being His son or daughter he's walking in the promise is there if you'll stop touching the unclean thing make sure we understand the unclean is not just drugs and alcohol and promiscuous sex and and the unclean thing is faith in anything other than the cross it's unclean to god it's unclean faith in anything other than the cross of christ moves us away from having faith in the Word of God. Again, I have to always bring this up. Exodus 24, I hope it's highlighted in your Bibles as it was a type and shadow of what would be even in the New Testament through the blood of Jesus. In Exodus 24, I believe it's verse 8, you need to read it, make a note of it, homework assignment, hallelujah. After the law was read to the nation of Israel, Moses took the blood. Because the people said, we'll do it. We'll be obedient. Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, on the word, the law, and on the altar. And said these words, behold, not the word, behold the blood of the covenant that was made for you, given to you concerning All these words, we can't obey the law, we can't obey the word any more than the old covenant saints could without the Holy Spirit that we now have continually abiding in us, but he only works through our faith in the sacrifice. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that? Do you know that? You can't just go around quoting the word hoping that God will move upon you quoting the word. That's not New Testament. Behold, the blood is the old and the new. How do I know? Because the first time you beheld it from your heart, from your yielded heart to the truth of the gospel, God allowed you to see it. And when you saw it, God brought you into his kingdom. Amen. Behold the blood of Christ. Behold the Lamb that was slain to take away the sin of the world. Don't be one of those Christians that say, Well, my sin's already been washed away. It has, my friend. But if you forget that you need moment-by-moment cleansing with your Savior, if you're walking in the light that He's in, you're going to be being cleansed. If you're like Joseph Prince and people who follow Joseph Prince that say you don't even need to repent, my friend, you're not walking with the one I'm walking with in the light that he's walking in. You see, for God to walk in us, we have to be walking in the light he's in. And the light he's in is the light that made him light to us, the light of his redemption, his sacrificial redemption. In that light, we'll find the, we will find the blood cleansing us from all sin, all unrighteousness. That is, my friend, our God walking in us, being the God that we need every moment of our lives not just a a feel-good service on Sunday. Most of that feel-good, just about what I did. At least I went to church. At least I went and sang a song or two. At least I went and did something. At least I taught Sunday school. No, 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 my friend. It's all about what we're doing with the sacrifice of Christ. There we'll find our hands being removed from the unclean thing. There we'll find, and only there will we find our God walking in us and us being his people and him being our God now we're going to take off right here next what is today Monday well this coming Friday we'll be right here in the scriptures right here because I'm glad you got to hear today's session because it's required for next session as we move through this and find out where God is perfecting us in the fear of of the Lord. Listen, but it doesn't say He's doing it, although He is. And we're going we're to dig deep into this and we're going to see some powerful truths. One of them is that we've been told to cleanse ourselves. We got to know where, we got to know what that cleansing agent is, we got to know how that cleansing agent works. And my friend, we're going to look into that this coming Friday morning. If the Lord tarries, if he's not come for us yet, I hope he comes today. How about you? Praise the Lord. It's been a great session today, and I pray the Lord's been able to open your eyes to some things in the Word of God that you and I desperately need to see, hear, and know. He's doing great and mighty things right now. I want you to know something, saints. The latter rain is being poured out. The latter rain is being poured out right now. It's not just coming, it's raining. It's raining. Jesus is our rain of righteousness, and he's raining in our hearts now by the grace of God through righteousness, hallelujah. And I hope you've been encouraged, maybe instructed a little bit, maybe directed, maybe a little redirected, whatever the Holy Spirit needed to do today, I pray. That He is able to get done in you what the will of God is for you. I pray that the Lord's touch will be upon you today, whatever your need be, whether it be your body, your soul, or your spirit, that God would be able to bring an increase of His will into your life. He can do anything. He still has healings in His hands. He still can heal through the touch of His hands. He can do anything. And I just pray today would be the day that you find him as the provision of all that you need. If the Lord stirs your heart to help us minister the word of the truth of the gospel from this place, if the Lord stirs your heart to give an offering to him through this ministry, you can do that simply by going to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, click on the word donate, Or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.